Hi, and welcome back again. I am your host, Ryan Keyes, and you're listening to the show In Deep Shift, a show about diving into topics that tempt the mind to merge with possibility, where we will explore new realities and balance a little reason with a lot of soul and take a new common sense approach to creating love, excitement, and clarity on your path to consciousness. Basically, a whole new reality right now, right in front of you. Are you ready? Don't forget to subscribe and comment down below. Those comments come directly to me. If you would follow us on social media at Ryan Keys to Life on Instagram or Ryan Keys on YouTube. And if you need anything or you want to work direct or contact, go to RyanKeys.com. And you can also pick up my book on Amazon, Putting the Soul Back in Soulmates, a guide for dating in today's world. So what are we going to talk about today? Here's the thing. We talk about a lot of different things on the path to transformation, and this time we're going to get personal. Hmm. We're going to talk about how to get that personal breakthrough, the easiest, quickest way to apply some practical tips, and we're going to explore a little bit about Byron Katie, just dive into just a touch of her work and why I feel that it could be an important place for you to learn to, to gravitate towards, and I want to dive into self-judgment, and let's look at that, right? Judgment's judgment. I mean, think about that for a second. When you judge somebody else, or you um, sling some arrows at somebody else, right? You know that you have the potential to injure them. You know that your words carry weight, that you could say the wrong thing, and you could set somebody off or trigger them. Um, But there's this inner aspect of this kind of own personal ignorance that we believe that judgment falls into two different categories, external and internal. We believe that judging ourselves is okay, but we know that judging others is actually not going to elicit the joy that we might think. It'll elicit a lot more injury. And then we don't want to really hurt other people, but then the thing is, is that to keep ourselves on our toes and to push us to work harder and better, we will turn the tide back to us and we will injure ourselves ferociously. Self-judgment, it will just, it's detrimental to our personality, to our whole makeup. And we walk around completely unaware that we're living a double standard when it comes to a lot of these things like self-sabotage and judgment. self judgment is extremely tricky because it generally goes unnoticed because we've created such a habit and we've really woven it into the fabric of who we are. We're almost oblivious to it. It is something that's occurred very early on in our lives. Unmet expectations, pressure from parents, pressure from peers, um, lack of personal identity, and just really not having an environment that was conducive with creating a healthy persona. So when you start to really sit back and look at the big picture, take that state of observation, and just think about how many times you have sabotaged yourself silently, right? So I want to be really proactive in this show. I want you to understand that you are not only the star, but you're the author, the producer, the director of your script. So when you think about how you would pay respect or dues outside, how you deal with people on the outside, often 
redirect some of that to who you are and do you deal with yourself in the same way or is it a complete smackdown and you're uh, in the opposition of the asshole inside? So here's one of the things I would like to do. I would like to define some ideas and understand the reasons why you are not rallying, rallying to your own aid, right? If you feel that you're doing something wrong, don't sabotage yourself because that's not going to make you do it any better, right? Let's be real. So we don't need any more enemies, right? We got enough enemies on the outside. Don't bring the enemy home. Let's improve the quality of our life. Let's learn to root ourselves in self-worth. Turn some of these internal barriers into healthy boundaries, but abundance, right? Let's dive in a little deeper, not letting this get the best of us. And as we begin to examine the uh, field of how we've formed our own personal ideas, and we talk about some strategies for releasing some of this self-sabotaging behavior like judgment or falling prey to internal fear and negativity, one of the quickest ways is awareness mindfulness, right? Learning to become aware of your thoughts is a very crucial, I mean, it's priceless, a priceless path towards releasing these negative self-sabotaging thoughts. Because when you're unaware of how you think or how you speak to yourself, your emotions, your sensory perceptions, your interactions, will not go unnoticed, believe me. And I'm guilty of this because I am extremely conductive personality. If I would be like a copper wire when it comes to how I create space when I walk into a room. It doesn't mean that I'm special. It means actually that I'm like a lightning strike. <laughs> as soon as I walk into the room, if I'm feeling off, lightning strikes and so does everybody else. So being very mindful, right? Applying mindfulness to myself, understanding that I can negotiate with the things that are known to me. I can try to conduct a personal survey of what's going on in my life and how I'm appropriating um, different perceptions and different points of view and experiences along the way. Basically, I'm trying to recognize the rationale, the reason of where these thoughts are grounded, what they're anchored in, and what what the purpose of some of my self-sabotaging techniques are. Um, many of the times when I'm finding my thoughts becoming judgmental, I know that it's coming from some type of fear, which is erroneous. It is something that I'm afraid to engage in. A lot of times it is... Um, an imaginary or fantasy uh, future that I'm allowing to kind of jade my my perception. Like, ah, oh, man, I really messed up on that interview. They're not going to call me. They're not going to, why would they want me? So I'm going into this downward spiral of self-sabotage, creating a completely unrealistic situation because I don't have the information necessary. It's that knee-jerk reaction that's, well, I did good or I did bad, right? So I'm not, I'm, I'm not really setting myself up to receive the incoming information successfully. I would like to reframe some of those ideas and bring a heightened level of gratitude towards that 
understanding that I want to appreciate experiences and how I interact and make those integral and in how I'm my awareness is is allowing ownership of those. I want to actively go into the ideas that I'm kind of dishing out to myself, understanding different factors that are forming my opinion, my environment, my cognitive ability, my temperament, uh, my attachment style, my talking style, any kind of, um, uh, like environmentally, was I, am I tipsy? Am I coming home and I'm self-sabotaging because I'm eating and binging or I'm drinking or whatever it might be? Am I tapping into the well-known weaknesses that I have so that I can punish myself because I'm insecure, because I don't feel secure about the position I was in earlier? I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling uh, victimized, and I need to support that with my personal habits. So I need to go to this style of where I'm applying for validation. I'm invalidating any future possibilities or potential due to judgmental and fearful thinking, which serves the negative mindset that I might be dragging along from childhood, right? I'm such a failure that blah, 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 blah. So I'm transforming my self-validation and stating it out loud. Basically, I'm taking any progress that I had and tossing it in the toilet. And I, rather than being patient with myself and loving, I'm immediately going to a space where I'm aggressive, judgmental, and, and def defamatory towards my own character. So some of the techniques that I can utilize in trying to break through if I am uh, going into this, right? Let's think of a, a way to create a personal breakthrough. One would be to pinpoint the cause or the root of the problem, not just the symptom, right? Like my running late for work and getting in trouble and written up is the symptom of I'm not setting myself up. I'm not scheduling myself. What is going on? Am I not getting enough sleep? So I'm operating half ass because I'm unaware that I'm operating in a very stressful environment, what's going on? Whatever my obstacle is, the root cause of this problem will create some kind of destabilizing event or factor, and I really need to address that and focus on the cause, not just the, uh, the effect, right? The second thing is, is that am I gearing up with the right ammunition? Am I bringing a knife to a gunfight, basically? Am I preparing this portion of my life for breakthrough. If I've got a lot of dependencies and I've got a lot of uh, non-clinical depression or non-clinical addictions, like maybe I just smoke too much or drink too much and I want something different, maybe I'm going to incorporate plant medicine. So, or maybe I'm going to uh, incorporate affirmation. If I'm um, feeling overwhelmed and stressed, maybe I'm going to, I need to get a sleep machine and start to effectively deal with the root of the problem. Be very gentle with your, your, your quest for success, but go straight to the heart of the problem. And then I want to set and sustain the focus on how I'm approaching that so it alters my future and it's not just a pacifier. So I don't want to stop at the Oprah moment, the aha moment. I want to continue into what uh, Dr. M talks about in her article, The Inner Power. I want to continue on the path of shifting my words, my perceptions, 
in neuro linguistic programming talks a little bit about this too. I need to ultimately shift. I need to do a 180 from wherever I'm going. If I'm going down a down that dark tunnel of self sabotage, I want to have the skill to have trained myself to observe and to switch out of it, even if it means I got to go to get on the stairmaster and step my way out of this, so I can incorporate other areas to expand my awareness. Now, looking at this, it is also, you know, I, I need to develop a strategy and a story, change my story. I could be stuck in an old story, so I want to learn how to do that. I want to change that. I want to learn how to breathe and focus, and I want to understand. Uh, in the, even in the words of Tony Robbins, change your strategy, change your result, change your story, change your life, change your state, change it all. Damn, I'm a Tony Robbins fanboy, for real. So now I want to go into another method that I found for me works quite well. And Byron Katie refers to this as the work. And it incorporates four questions. And I will offer up myself on the sacrificial uh, block. Let's look at something that I want to talk about. Um... Let's see, something I isolate myself with when it comes to inquiry. Uh, an insecurity of maybe not calling people back. Okay, let's look at that. I don't call people back because I'm too busy. Is that true? Right? Is, the, is that statement true? I don't call people back because I'm too busy. Well, yes, that statement is true in some ways, but do I absolutely know that that's true? Am I really too busy or is it that I'm becoming busy because of I have a fear of calling someone back? Can I absolutely know that it's true I'm too busy to call somebody back? And then I can say to the next level, the next number three part of this four question uh, work, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And she says, close your eyes and witness the feelings, the sensations, the behaviors that arise when you believe that thought. Notice and report the answers to any of that follow. What images do you see, past or future? Emotions, sensations. And how do you treat the other person? Do any obsessions or addictions begin to appear when you believe that thought? So as I go in, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? If I were to believe that I was too busy to call people back, well... How does it affect other people? It makes them feel insignificant. It makes them feel like I don't care. Do I care? I do. But what do I care most about? When I look at this, it's not that I'm afraid, right? Am I afraid to talk to them on the phone? No. And do I feel that it's um, overwhelming me? Probably. I think that it, many times in my own personal life, I would have had this fear, which would have been part of this four-question survey, and I'll get to question four in just a second. My not calling people back would be only designated as a certain time. It's when it's, I perceive it to be slightly confrontational or judgmental because I don't want to experience anything that could be confrontational, so I avoid confrontation. Why? Because is this true that I avoid confrontation? Yes, it is absolutely true that I avoid confrontation. How do I react when that happens, and why do I believe that thought? I react when 
with the phone call and avoidance of the phone call and confrontation because I have issues from childhood where I was bullied and I didn't stand up for myself. So it's a subliminal thought that I don't want to be bullied. So the way that I create that safe space is to create a barrier. And unfortunately, it does hurt people that might care about me because I'm allowing the past child that was bullied to create a boundary marker that is actually unhealthy. And it's only based on fear and protective instinct. The fourth question going into this, who would you be without that thought? So who would I be? And it says, closing your eyes, return to the situation. Take a moment, reflect, observe, and experience the situation again, and this time without the thought. Who or what would you be without the thought? How would you see or feel about the other person? Drop all your judgments and notice what's revealed. Well, who would I be without this avoidance? Who would I be without not wanting to call people back and becoming too busy and neglecting it and ignoring it, well, I would be a lot more compassionate, a lot more sensible, probably create a lot more healthy communication and relationships and genuinely come off as the heartfelt person that I really am. And I would be more self-empowered because I would no longer be held hostage by bullies that affected my psyche as a six and seven and eight-year-old. So overall, as you see, I went through these four questions, as you could do the same thing. I'll repeat the questions just so you have them. Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And who would you be without that thought? So Byron Katie at thework.com is got some amazing insights, right? She even, I have a PDF here. It says one belief at a time worksheet. And there's... It's just one belief at a time and, you know, just go through it 100%. Ask the question until the question no longer has an answer. You know, breaking through is a tough job, but it's beneficial across the board. I feel that some of the things when it comes to fear and self-judgment do tend to, they do tend to be, um, pressurized. They do tend to hold you back from your full potential. And as I say here, you know, we're trying to give you a common sense approach to clarity on your journey so that you can increase that clarity towards consciousness. Part of the clarity is being aware of where you really are. I have this phrase that I always like to say, where you are is who you are up to this point. But who you were is not all you can be because your potential is about how you choose to be now. When you look in the mirror and you see your reflection, think of this for a moment. The person you see that's looking back at you in the reflection is not your future. It's your past. So everything that you see in the mirror has been something that you've already done or been or felt or been through. The person in the mirror is not your future. So many times when we look, we take that for granted. We think that that's our future. And that's why we get surprised as we age with gray hairs and wrinkles because we don't recognize that person because we're so busy thinking that we are this person in the past harboring and hoarding all of these hurts 
to keep us back there. Just like uh, Lot's wife, don't look back. You'll turn into a pillar of salt. And what salt represent? It represents a preservative because you're trying to preserve the past. And we do most of those preservations through pain and suffering and self-sabotage and judgment. So Byron Katie came up with a way, with a work, with four questions that helps you to formulate a way out of a lot of different things that might be plaguing you or bothering you. This is a short show today. I apologize if you were hoping it was going to be a little longer. This is a fine example to know exactly when you've gotten everything that you can and it's time to go forward. This episode in Deep Shift is ending, but be sure to subscribe for future conversations just like this topic that will tie spirituality with practicality and give you that common sense approach to creating love, excitement, and clarity on your path to consciousness. And please, get involved. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Come follow us on social media at Ryan Keys to Life on Instagram or Ryan Keys on YouTube. If you need anything personal, contact me at ryankeys.com and also pick up my book, Putting the Soul Back in Soulmates, available on Amazon, five stars. Peace, light, and love, and namaste your way.